It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Her voice was soft and sweet, and there was about her the breath and sweetness of woman. The man stood prepared, but not threatening. Be careful, Joan, he warned. She dropped on her knees in the snow, just out of reach. Come, boy, come, she said gently. She held out her hand. Kazan's muscles twitched. He moved an inch, two inches, toward her. There was the old light in her eyes and face now, the love and gentleness he had known once before, when another woman with shining hair and eyes had come into his life. Come, she whispered, as she saw him move, and she bent a little, reached a little farther with her hand, and at last touched his head. Pierre knelt beside her. He was proffering something, and Kazan smelled meat, but it was the girl's hand that made him tremble and shiver, and when she drew back, urging him to follow her, he dragged himself painfully a foot or two through the snow. Not until then did the girl see his mangled leg. In an instant she had forgotten all caution, and was down close at his side. "'He can't walk!' she cried, a sudden tremble in her voice. "'Look, mon père, here is a terrible cut. We must carry him.' "'I guessed that much,' replied Radisson. "'For that reason I brought the blanket. Mon Dieu, listen to that!' From the darkness of the forest there came a low, wailing cry. Kazan lifted his head, and a trembling whine answered in his throat. It was Grey Wolf calling to him. It was a miracle that Pierre Radisson should put the blanket about Kazan and carry him into the camp, without scratch or bite. It was this miracle that he achieved, with Joan's arm resting on Kazan's shaggy neck, as she held one end of the blanket. They laid him down close to the fire, and after a little it was the man again who brought warm water and washed away the blood from the torn leg, and then put something on it that was soft and warm and soothing, and finally bound a cloth about it. 
All this was strange and new to Kazan. Pierre's hand, as well as the girl's, stroked his head. It was the man who brought him a gruel of meal and tallow, and urged him to eat, while Joan sat with her chin in her two hands, looking at the dog and talking to him. After this, when he was quite comfortable, and no longer afraid, he heard a strange small cry from the furry bundle on the sledge that brought his head up with a jerk. Joan saw the movement and heard the low answering whimper in his throat. She turned quickly to the bundle, talking and cooing to it as she took it in her arms, and then she pulled back the bearskin so that Kazan could see. He had never seen a baby before, and Joan held it out before him, so that he could look straight at it and see what a wonderful creature it was. Its little pink face stared steadily at Kazan. Its tiny fists reached out, and it made queer little sounds at him, and then suddenly it kicked and screamed with delight and laughed. At those sounds Kazan's whole body relaxed, and he dragged himself to the girl's feet. "'See, he likes the baby,' she cried. "'Mon père, we must give him a name. What shall it be?' "'Wait till morning for that,' replied the father. "'It is late, Joan. Go into the tent and sleep. We have no dogs now, and will travel slowly, so we must start early.' With her hand on the tent-flap, Joan turned. "'He came with the wolves,' she said. Let us call him Wolf. With one arm she was holding the little Joan. The others she stretched out to Kazan. Wolf! Wolf! she called softly. Kazan's eyes were on her. He knew that she was speaking to him, and he drew himself a foot toward her. He knows it already, she cried. Good night, mon père. For a long time after she had gone into the tent, Old Pierre Radisson sat on the edge of the sledge, facing the fire, with Kazan at his feet. Suddenly the silence was broken again by Grey Wolf's lonely howl deep in the forest. Kazan lifted his head and whined. "'She's calling for you, boy,' said Pierre understandingly. He coughed and clutched a hand to his breast, where the pain seemed rending him. For a spitten lung, he said, speaking straight at Kazan. Got it early in the winter up at Fond du Lac. Hope we'll get home in time with the kids. In the loneliness and emptiness of the big northern wilderness, one falls into the habit of talking to oneself. But Kazan's head was alert and his eyes watchful. So Pierre spoke to him. "'We've got to get them home, and there's only you and me to do it,' he said, twisting his beard. Suddenly he clenched his fists. His hollow racking cough convulsed him again. "'Home,' he panted, clutching his chest. "'It's eighty miles straight north to the Churchill, and I pray to God we'll get there with the kids before my lungs give out.' He rose to his feet and staggered a little as he walked. There was a collar about Kazan's neck, and he chained him to the sledge. After that he dragged three or four small logs upon the fire, and went quietly into the tent, where Joan and the baby were already asleep. Several times that night Kazan heard the distant voice of Grey Wolf calling for him, 
but something told him that he must not answer it now. Toward dawn Grey Wolf came close in to the camp, and for the first time Kazan replied to her. His howl awakened the man. He came out of the tent, peered for a few moments up at the sky, built up the fire, and began to prepare breakfast. He patted Kazan on the head and gave him a chunk of meat. Joan came out a few moments later, leaving the baby asleep in the tent. She ran up and kissed Pierre, and then dropped down on her knees beside Kazan, and talked to him almost as he had heard her talk to the baby. When she jumped up to help her father, Kazan followed her, and when Joan saw him standing firmly upon his legs, she gave a cry of pleasure. It was a strange journey that began into the north that day. Pierre Arisson emptied the sledge of everything but the tent, blankets, food, and the furry nest for baby Joan. Then he harnessed himself in the traces, and dragged the sledge over the snow. He coughed incessantly. "'It's a cough I've had half the winter,' lied Pierre, careful that Joan saw no sign of blood on his lips or beard. "'I'll keep in the cabin for a week when we get home.' Even Kazan, with that strange beast knowledge which man, unable to explain, calls instinct, knew that what he said was not the truth. Perhaps it was largely because he had heard other men cough like this, and that for generations his sledge-dog ancestors had heard men cough as Radisson coughed, and had learned what followed it. More than once he had scented death in teepees and cabins, which he had not entered, and more than once he had sniffed at the mystery of death that was not quite present, but near, just as he had caught at a distance the subtle warning of storm and of fire. And that strange thing seemed to be very near to him now, as he followed at the end of his chain behind the sledge. It made him restless, and half a dozen times when the sledge stopped, he sniffed at the bit of humanity buried in the bearskin. Each time that he did this, Joan was quickly at his side, and twice she patted his scarred and grizzled head, until every drop of blood in his body leaped riotously with a joy which his body did not reveal. This day the chief thing that he came to understand was that the little creature on the sledge was very precious to the girl who stroked his head and talked to him and that it was hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw root void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.